Welcome back to another episode of the Sex Masters Podcast. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but I have really, just for like the past two weeks, have been dying of sexual frustration. And I understand uh, the reason why it's not like it's a normal thing uh, that goes on in this household. But one of the reasons is that, of course, my wife had her, you know, cycle as all women do. And so, yeah, there was no sexual intercourse uh, during that time. And we were only able to get in one time, which, ladies, guess what? After your cycle ends, your guy is pretty horny if you don't have sex uh, while bleeding uh, because he has all of that pent-up sexual frustration waiting for that to end. And one time is not enough. And so we just got it uh, one time in, you know, of having sex. And then she takes off uh, for the week uh, to go visit uh, with her mother and her family. Now, on the one hand, yes, it was nice having a week to myself, a week without the kids to sit back, relax, and enjoy some peace and quiet and engage in recreational activities, you know, playing video games, watching some movies, being able to just go out, you know, for a nice stroll, a walk, and being able to just float around in the pool for a little bit. I mean, I was able to get rid of a lot of stress that had been built up over this whole COVID-19 lockdown and all of that stuff. But on the sexual front, it was kind of frustrating because we had that, you know, one time after she was done, you know, with her bleeding, and then she takes off for a week to her parents' house. Now, all of that rest and relaxation, you know, kind of helped out uh, for a little bit, but you know what they say about idle hands? you know, uh, going through and trying to find something to occupy your time. And so, yes, you know, just like uh, anybody else uh, in this situation, masturbation became the only source of uh, tension relief. Now, it's not like, you know, having to go through and do it every single day. But as I was going through and, um, you know, had masturbated, you know, uh, during this time, it it sparked a thought, right? And and yes, it it is kind of interesting, the random thoughts that come to you when you're in a state of relaxation and have a little bit of endorphins uh, going through you. But this thought came because, you know, I had misjudged how much pent up, (laughs) how, how pent up I was. And so, I had used just a regular hand towel uh, for the mess, and uh, well, it wasn't enough uh, to contain it. And that's when I had this random thought. Women, you are so lucky when it comes to masturbation. Right? You are. I mean, think about this. First of all, 99% of all the sexual toys for sexual pleasure are aimed at women. You know, it almost seems like women uh, with, you know, the vagina, the clit, and all that, just have more pleasure receptors designed to bring them more pleasure during sex and more ways to get off, you know, uh, both uh, from the clit and the G spot. And guys, we only have one spot that our source of sexual pleasure comes from. Women, you have multiple spots and how your nerve endings are all connected and everything, right? But in any event, 
I was going through and I was kind of thinking about this. And one of the other reasons why women, um, I should say, are so lucky when it comes to masturbation is because there isn't a mess. Think about this. When guys have to resort to masturbation because you're visiting family for the week or, you know, you're on your, you know, period and whatever. When guys go off to masturbate, we need something as a catcher, right? Because if we don't have anything catching, you know, uh, the mess as it squirts out powerfully, um, it will go all over the place. It will land on other parts of the bed, the dresser. You know, if you have a computer and a desk in the room, it will shoot off and land on there, on the TV screen. I mean, it will just go off all over the place, right, on the walls. And so we need something to catch the mess. And guys will use various things, you know, towels. We know about the socks, Kleenex, you know, um, laundry uh, just before it's going to be washed and all of that. Yes, but you women. You can go off, and if you don't use any toys, you know, let's say you're just using your hand, you can go off, masturbate, have an orgasm, and have zero mess to clean up. The most uh, you'll have to do is maybe wash your hands, um, you know, for hygienic purposes. But you don't have to worry about a mess going all over the place. And, you know, as far as it goes uh, for guys, you know, the first time they masturbate, it is a huge mess because they don't understand just how much it shoots off and goes all over the place. You know, guys only have to learn that lesson once before, you know, as teenagers, before we realize uh, what we all need, which, you know, brings us, you know, to another issue is guys, you know, masturbating usually leads to an increase in laundry. Yes, that's right. You know, and so, you know, you can take a look at a guy who hasn't gotten laid in two weeks and you can see a pile of towels in the laundry needing to be washed. Now, I guess, you know, if guys in general let laundry pile up. But, I mean, you kind of get the point here. How women don't make any real kind of mess when they're masturbating. And if you decide to use toys, guess what? You women are lucky, too, because your toys are easier to clean than a guy's toys, than the 1% of masturbation toys for guys. Why? You know, because you just need to clean off the surface. You know, you go through, you use it, whether you insert it inside the vaginal opening or just rub it on the outside. It doesn't matter. All you need to do is grab some, you know, soap and water, some disinfectant, you know, of that sort, you know, clean it off. Clean up is takes you about you know, what, 30 seconds, maybe 60 seconds if you are really into, you know, deep hygienics. But for a guy, if we use a masturbation toy like a flashlight, you know, which is a renaming of the pocket pussy and uh, sex dolls or, you know, anything like that, once we are done, we have to go through a big cleanup process. We have to go through and try and flush out the mess that is made inside. And so, yes, you women, you are lucky. You have more pleasured uh, nerve endings throughout your body connected to different parts of your body, multiple pleasure endings, you know, uh, down there, you know, in your, uh, well, pelvic region, you know, between the clit, the G spot, and, you know, the sensitivity of the lips. Plus, 
You know, not only do you have uh, more pleasure spots, not only do you not have such a mess to clean up afterwards, but in today's society, guys, uh, 90 some percent of guys are what circumcised. And so it kind of makes me wonder how much pleasure and how much feeling uh, we have lost through generations of circumcision versus how much pleasure there would be uh, with an uncircumcised. You know, you know, guys do sometimes wonder about that, about, you know, how much, uh, you know, feeling is lost uh, because of circumcision. And, you know, are we missing out on all of that? And as interesting as it is, guys still have the stereotype of being the horny little dogs, even though, um, based off of what I can tell on any research, women experience more pleasure. Now, the experience more pleasure, yes, I get it. That is subjective. How good is the guy in bed? Can he last more than two pumps? You know, uh, is he, you know, really giving it to you? Or do you have all these pleasure endings and the guy isn't, you know, hitting any one of them? Okay, yes, I, I get that argument. But the main argument up front here, you know, the revelation to me, you know, through this process is women, you are so lucky. You have more toys, more pleasure endings, and not nearly as much of a mess to clean up when you're done masturbating. All right, enough about that. Let's get into some other things here. So every so often I do Google search and try to figure out what some advice is, you know, for sex and relationship. And I try to get the stuff that is somewhat funny and hilarious or just so horribly wrong. It's like, what are you thinking? You know, but then again, maybe I just don't understand some people's sexual triggers, shall we say? And so I've been going through here and for this uh, segment, we're going to go through with, you know, advice on questions to ask each other. Yeah, we already know there's a lot of things that can go wrong with asking your partner uh, questions about their sexual fantasies, you know, such as if a guy answered, oh, yeah, I'd love to love it if you brought home another woman for a threesome. Yeah, something tells me that would not go so well. So. I mean, you got to be uh, very careful, uh, not only with the questions, but how you answer the question. But there are just some questions that stands out. So here's an article here. It says, 50 dirty questions that will turn you both on and make you want sex. Now, when I bring this up, I don't want to go off and say the whole thing is trash. There are some questions in here. You know, the vast majority of them are decent and perfectly okay, but it's the strange ones that I really want to point out. Now, remember, this article is titled 50 Dirty Questions That Will Turn You Both On and Make You Want to Have Sex. And we don't have to get that far down the list. Like, let's say, number seven, asking your partner, have you ever masturbated in a public bathroom? Are you kidding? How is that a turn on? I mean, I don't know about all areas of the country, but if I take a look at the condition and the state of public bathrooms in my area, 
I mean, hell, at least in the guy's bathroom, you go in there and you immediately almost want to pass out from the stench of it. Uh, the maintenance and cleaning of the public restrooms uh, are something to be desired. Heck, a lot of public restrooms aren't even fit to continue using as restrooms. And you're going to go in there and masturbate in that? My God, I mean, and what are you doing? Are you sitting uh, down on the toilet seat over the uh, toilet water trying to jerk it off or play with your clit and you know, that is somehow sexually desirable while your back is leaned up against that one little pole, you know, uh, that comes up. I mean, my God, I mean, they're hardly even fit to sit on, and you're going to think about that? Or even just standing up. I mean, what what people do and how disgusting. I mean, it's almost like people, you know, ate Taco Bell, and then Taco Bell didn't agree with them. While, the you know, as the state of a lot of these, you know, restrooms, and you're, And so I I don't get the idea of how asking someone if they've masturbated in a public restroom, given the conditions of that. I mean, just survey public restrooms. And we're not talking about public as in, you know, uh, restaurants or dining areas. I mean, we're talking about, you know, truly public restrooms. You know, uh, that's not business, but maybe city uh, owned. And it's like, my God, I, if you can even be aroused in a public bathroom, then you're, then you have a sex drive beyond that of normal people. You know, you have a superhuman sex drive there. All right. The next bad one, you know, and I, and I don't know how this is something that's going to get you aroused and stuff, but coming in at number 22. Have you ever cheated on a boyfriend or girlfriend because you just couldn't help yourself? Okay, let me give you a hint. There's only one right answer to this. I mean, if you're in a relationship, and whether that's you're married or you know, you're dating or you're engaged, and you ask someone if they ever cheated on their partner because they just couldn't help themselves, and the answer is yes. You don't understand that that immediately creates mistrust in the relationship, that that is a toxic question if it's not answered right. I mean, if someone's actually answering truthfully and they said yes, I mean, you, you, you know that is just going to end up creating mistrust and you know bad feelings in the relationship because it's like, oh, well, you did it once. Well, how do I know you're not going to do it again? What do you do on your day off while I'm at work? And all of that, you know, because you said you couldn't help yourself. So how did you learn not to control yourself if you couldn't help yourself before? I mean, you understand. I mean, what what type of question is this for people who love voyeurism? Is that, you know, the type of questions? I mean, are we just appealing to the outer fringes, you know, the people, uh, the cucks? You know, uh, the people that enjoy being cucks. I mean, is this who we're appealing to with this question? What are we thinking about here? You know, and ladies, if you're married and this question goes through and gets asked and you answered yes, all of a sudden your guy is going to start looking at the kids and going, are they really mine? I mean, this seems like more of a question that's designed to start a fight if you don't answer it with an affirmative no. And the next question after there was, have you ever pushed the boundaries of fidelity to the brink and then retracted just for the rush? I mean, 
when you go through there, that kind of gives an indication that the person will at some point engage in the previous question about having cheated just because they couldn't help themselves for the rush. You know, it's also like saying, you know, if you follow that up with, well, when, and it was during your current relationship, I don't see how this is going to help and turn you on and increase sexual desire in the relationship if one of you is already, you know, stating, you know, the wrong answers to this, that creates mistrust, not only mistrust, but also may expose infidelity itself. I, I don't see how this brings uh, you closer together. And by the way, how does talking about past relationships, you know, talking about how good or bad the sex was in past relationships, how often, what are the things that you did? I don't see how that helps, you know, especially if it's meant to compare past relationships to current relationships. And you're saying, well, you know, I had better sex with my previous, you know, partner. Yeah, that really turns on your current partner, doesn't it? You know, I I mean, think about that. Or you talk about the things that you did with your current, uh, former partner, you know, a past partner, things that you will not do with your current partner. I mean, you understand that some of these are just designed to start a fight, not sexual arousal. Okay, then we get on uh, to question 41 here. Now, the first part isn't bad. It's the second part that is kind of like, what? You know, it goes, have you ever had a naughty dream about a close friend or family member? Wait, 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 wait. You're asking someone if they've had a naughty dream about a family member, and this question is supposed to get you both sexually aroused and turned on? I mean, uh, is incest really, or even the thoughts of incest, really a turn on for people? Uh, Think about that. How the hell is that a turn on? I mean, I, I, I don't get this. I mean, seriously, what would you actually think if someone came up to you, you know, whether it's your, you know, spouse, your boyfriend, you know, um, you know, a casual acquaintance or anybody in your life asking, have you ever had a sex dream about a family member? And what if you answered yes and that turned them on? I mean, what the hell? I mean, first of all, you have to be one pretty strange person to ask other people if they've had naughty dreams about a family member. But if that is a question that is designed to turn you both on and get you ready for sex, then I have to start questioning uh, the culture just a little bit. What the hell is that? Now I get uh, some of you are talking about Oh, well, what about step family? I mean, they're not actually blood related. And, you know, if it wasn't through, you know, like a second marriage uh, situation, you know, there wouldn't uh, be anything wrong uh, with it otherwise. And, you know, but still, family is family. That's hands off. You know, you don't even think about family that way. And then even think about this. What family member, right? What family member? I mean, if someone goes off and says they had a naughty dream about their dad, who? What? I mean, what? Or, you know, about their mothers, you know, it's like, eh? 
that's kind of a what the hell situation is that? So I, I, I just don't get how this question is designed to spark any sexual arousal. All right, sorry I had to pause there for a moment, just when I was on a roll, too. But apparently my wife decided to come home a little bit early. Uh, I wasn't expecting her until later on tonight, but apparently the kids were really bugging her, uh, being gone uh, that many days in a row with her. And just as she gets home in the middle of my recording, my youngest comes straight down to me to let me know he needs his butt changed. And so you may have seen uh, or heard him yelling in the background as he just came through the door and came running directly to where I record. And I have a feeling she told him to because she was tired of doing it herself all week while she was gone and away. And so she gets home, and the first thing she tells our youngest, who is still in pull-ups, to come straight for me to have me do it. Isn't that just typical? Ugh. But anyways, getting back onto it, I'm not going to get back into what I was saying before uh, the interruption, because you just can't get that type of roll back. All I just got to say is, if someone answered yes to having a naughty dream about a family member and that turns you on and that turns you both on i have to start questioning what type of person you are now this last question here or not last question but rather the next question here when when's the last time you orgasmed in your sleep okay i get for maybe guys this is a question that can be easily answered you know, uh, did we wake up in a wet spot? You know, did we have cum-soaked sheets when we woke up? I mean, we can understand that. But for you ladies out there, I'm a little confused. You know, if you orgasmed in your sleep, I'm assuming that meant you stayed asleep. So how would you even know? I mean, is it just you woke up feeling nice? I mean, it's not like, you know, you orgasming creates a mess that indicates what you did in your sleep. So I'm kind of confused on how this can be answered. It seems like this question is directed only one way because there's only one gender here that would know if they orgasmed in their sleep, assuming that they didn't wake up in the middle of it. In which case, that's not an orgasm in their sleep. They woke up to an orgasm. So just kind of a question there, you know, wondering how women uh, would be able to answer this question. I'm sure the answer is generally going to be, I don't know. There's no wet, gooey spot, you know, when they orgasm. So uh, that question is not so much, you know, strange or, you know, kind of how the hell is that a turn on? More than, It's less about that and more of a how would you even know to be able to answer that? Now, there is another article out there that I want to point out there. This one is 70 sex questions. To ask your part from the dirty to the filthy. All right, again, most of these are, yeah, you know, whatever. But some of these are just like, why? Are you looking for a fight? No, are you looking for whatever? I mean, I don't even understand how these are good questions to ask your partner. For instance, 
So we look at this article and it comes at number 11 is the first one that stands out to me like, why would this be considered a good question to ask? And that is, you know, what's the best sex you ever had? Okay, let me explain something to you. If your answer has to do with anybody besides your current partner, this is a horrible question. Oh, yeah, we've been married for 12 years, but, you know, the the best sex I ever had was before I met you. What? I mean, of course, I do have, you know, somewhat of an idea that people are generally smarter, on an individual level at least, than you would give them credit for. And the answer will always be something about one of the times that you had sex with your current partner. It doesn't matter if that is a complete lie. You're going to say it's with your current partner if you want to avoid a fight. And this is especially true for men on answering this question. I mean, men, if you are with, you know, your girlfriend, your fiance, your wife, she asks you this question and your answer doesn't involve her. You know that's not going to be, you're going to be out on the couch, right? You're not going to be able to see the bedroom for like a month, right? And women out there, think about this. If the guy that you're with answers with somebody else's name, how are you going to react to that? So depending on how you'll react to that, then just think about how he might react and the reverse situation here. Horrible, horrible question, and so many ways for it to go wrong. And here's another one. All right, how often do you masturbate? Okay, okay, I, I get it. You know, um, curiosity about the masturbation habits of the opposite gender can be a source of curiosity. It could also be one of those things where if you're in a relationship, and you find out that your partner is masturbating on a frequent basis, it kind of has a tendency to indicate that you're not taking care of business. So just think about that for a little bit. And would you really want to ask a question that could lead to you finding out that you're not satisfying to your partner, that you're not keeping them well-maintained, you know, that you aren't satisfying their urges? And if you're not satisfying their urges, doesn't that start to lead to questions, doubts, curiosities about their fidelity? You know, again, you know, I I get where some of the questions are maybe trying to go. The problem is the doors that it opens to where you don't want to go. Okay, and then I should have gone a little bit further ahead uh, or planned this out a little bit better, but the 19 question 19 kind of goes with that uh back with question 11 where question 11 asked what's the best sex you ever had well 19 just asks it a different way what was your best orgasm ever again if the answer is anything but your current partner you're probably looking for trouble here why would you ask this type of question and this This next one here, question number 42. Oh, man. I mean, this this one is probably the worst question to ask. 
with your current partner here. You know, it, it is just, now, if this is just a one-night stand, a friend with benefits, okay, maybe, maybe you can get away with this, all right? But question number 42, have you ever fantasized about someone else during sex? Oh, yes, that's a great question to ask a fiancé or your spouse in order to jumpstart your or rekindle the spark of your sexual relationship. Have you ever fantasized about someone during sex? Geez, if the answer is yes, woof. I mean, think about this, ladies. You're going off and you're going to ask your man, have you ever fantasized about somebody else while we're having sex? Yeah. And if he says yes, does that really going to lead you to sexual arousal? Is that really going to put you in the mood? The idea that he's having to fantasize about someone else while you're riding his stick? Yeah, that, that that screams all type of romance to me. And with a guy and guys, you know, the, our egos uh, around sex is just like you women. You know, you women, you know, you have an ego about whether or not you can satisfy your men. You know, keep him, you know, well satisfied, you know, to have fucked all the war out of him, as one YouTuber uh, had stated. You know, I have to. No, I should reach out to her. But anyways, you know, are you really going to find that sexually appealing to know that your partner is fantasizing about someone else while having sex with you? Something tells me that's more of a mood killer and an argument just waiting to happen. I mean, are these certain questions in here really designed to spark arousal or are they trying to deliberately sabotage the night or your relationship for you. And the next question uh, that comes to mind is, have you ever cried or fallen asleep during sex? Okay, why would you ever ask if someone cried after sex? Let me give you a hint. Trying to get them to recall an experience that was so bad they cried is probably uh, not exactly setting the mood that you want it to set, especially if you're trying to set a mood that you want to get lucky. Now, I don't know, maybe I'm getting this wrong here when it comes to these questions being included, you know, as questions to ask your partner and questions to ask them in order to get the two of you horny. So, I don't know, give me some feedback here. Am I missing something in some of these questions? Now, throughout all in all, there was like 120 questions, you know, to be fair. I just went through the ones that were like, really? that this is what you would ask to set the mood. So I don't know. You give me feedback, right? Send me an email or something and let me know what you think, you know, what you would think if someone asked you the questions that I went through and maybe nitpicked a little bit on. But if someone asked you those questions, would that really set the mood for you? You know, and moving on here, I've tried saying this many times that this show is not politics. It's not political. It's ways to get away from politics. And unfortunately, there, politics seems to have uh, crept up into every aspect of our lives, especially when it comes uh, to the coronavirus. However, that all said, sometimes something hilarious happens in the realm of politics, or at least 
from political bodies. And you read these things, and you wonder, no way. That, there's no way that actually happened. You know, the, the, that is absolutely insane and nuts. That is, that is crazy to hear that from our elected leaders, right? And so you, you go and you search on Google to see, did that really happen? Or is this one of those, you know, social media memes where people are just making stuff up out of thin air? And then you see all these news reports saying, yes, actually it did happen. And you can't help but to laugh and just go, you know, 2020 has to be one of the craziest years in American history. You know, and that's saying a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things uh, that have gone on just in uh, U.S. history. And there's a lot of things that have gone on in history over the world, uh, over the world, you know, in the U.S. There were Salem witch trials and, you know, which was crazy and, you know, nuts. And we realized that people were not all that smart, you know, in through throughout history. And, you know, maybe uh, we're proving that we're not really all that smart today. And yes, I will get to it. I'm kind of leading up to it, kind of teasing up to it, right? And so we go through and we like to think today we are at the height of civilization. And then you, you see some of the advice and the stories uh, that are coming out. So what am I talking about in this particular segment? New York. Oh, New York. I mean, it... it, it you want to talk about things that you never thought you would hear before, and then you turn to New York. So they've been talking about uh, the coronavirus, which has dominated most of our lives. And the New York Health Department has issued, you know, a public health and public safety and how to have safe sex during the coronavirus. And you start taking a look at the history of what they've been saying over the past few months. And you wonder, you know, that's just New York. I mean, what a place that is. So when uh, the coronavirus had come out, they started saying, we recommend not having uh, group sex with more than 10 people at a time. And we were kind of looking at that going, okay, a government agency giving recommendations on on how many people are too many people in group sex. Uh, why are they talking about group sex? You know, a uh, public official. Well, now they come out with a new one here. And th- th- this one probably takes the cake, right? And it-, it doesn't take the cake as far as, you know, being totally stupid or anything like that. It takes the cake just because it's hilarious, right? It- it- it's just funny. And, you know, it kind of seems like they're recommending a little kink here, you know, at least uh, with couples. You know, it's like they're recommending some role-playing ideas. So what is it? In the latest advisory from the New York health officials, although they tried to find another way to say it, they just stated that glory holes are recommended for safe sex during coronavirus. Think about that. We have a government agency now promoting glory holes. Who would have thought before 2020 
that glory holes would be a public health recommendation. You know, public health safety, use glory holes. I I mean, that is one of the things. So we got, you know, keep group sex to 10 or less people and glory holes are recommended. And not only that, but even while, you know, utilizing a glory hole, it's probably not a bad idea to wear a mask too. So, I mean, it seems like they're encouraging group uh, group anonymous BDSM-style sex for safe sex practices during 2020 pandemic. I mean, that is kind of an amazing thing when you think about that. Don't, don't you think just a little bit? Now, you know, we, we see 2020 has just been a crazy year. And by the way, as I'm recording this, we're not even halfway through the year. Now, for some of you, that seems like a depressing statement. And for others uh, of you, you know, you're going off and going, woo, what a ride. You know, we've definitely broken up uh, the doldrum of daily life here. You know, and what was that old Chinese curse? May you live in interesting times. You know, along with uh, a meme. Hey, I want, you know, uh, the world to be like the roaring 1920s. And then you realize what the 1920s were really like once you uh, get past the uh, bourgeoisie class, you know, pile uh, parties and drinking, you know, that it really wasn't uh, that great of a time in history. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's repeat a pandemic. No, uh, liquor stores have been closed down. Our bars have been closed down. No, no, we don't mean that. You know, so it's really interesting that we're, experiencing everything and we got basically government agencies recommending anonymous group BDSM style sex as a public health issue. I, I don't know. Maybe you haven't thought of it like that. Maybe it didn't register uh, to you like that, but how they tried to describe it in their public health is to have some sort of physical barrier between you and your partner with a, you know, that allows the uh, penetration through the genitals, right? And so basically they're like, they want a physical barrier with a hole in it that allows sex. That's a glory hole. I mean, did they realize that they were recommending glory holes or was this just one of those fantastic mistakes, you know, that they didn't really think about what they were describing as they were describing it? And so at this particular point in time, I'm keeping a close eye on New York, what their next public health recommendation is for sexual practices during a pandemic. And I'm trying to figure out what they could think of next. You know, and I want you to use your imagination based off of the recommendations that they have already provided. What is the next possible recommendation here? And I'm trying to think of this on the fly here. Well, we know they're not going to recommend masks with uh, just uh, holes in it for uh, straw to breathe through straws in your nose because, well, it's New York and like California, they don't want to allow plastic. So at least we know straws through a face mask, uh, straws in your nose through a face mask won't be a part of their recommendation. All right. So we, we can go through and we can, you know, uh, eliminate that. Um, let's see here. 
recommended uh, sexual position, doggy style. You know, that way you won't breathe on each other while you're having sex, right? You know, which I guess, you know, during a glory, uh, for a glory hole, uh, doggy style, uh, you know, would be about the only way to actually accomplish sex through a glory hole, uh, actual penetrative sex. So in a way, they've already recommended, you know, uh, glory holes uh, for oral sexual practices and doggy style through a glory hole for penetrate for safe penetrative sex. So uh, we got that going on. I'm just wondering, when is New York public health officials going to start recommending, you know, restraints, you know, handcuffs and, you know, go full BDSM in order to, you know, uh, engage in safe sexual practices? And we can start trying to imagine what versions of BDSM uh, they're going to go through here. Does this mean, uh, you know, maybe sex swings? Maybe. Is that going to be the next recommendation? You know, to help out with that doggy style through a glory hole. Although I'm trying to figure out how you would use a sex swing with a glory hole. That, to me, doesn't seem like it would necessarily work. But I don't know. Maybe maybe somebody out there can try and experiment, uh, you know, a sex swing through a glory hole and report back how well that would work out. Now, I I haven't read everything coming out of New York, but I'm wondering what their recommendation is uh, for swallowing versus spitting for women. You know, which one of those practices is better for your health, swallowing or spitting? Now, as I go through and I look at what New York was recommending more, uh, in addition to glory holes, they were also uh, wanting group masturbation. That's right. That's right. They wanted you to participate in group orgies over Zoom meetings. So they, they recommended as part of their safe sexual practices as well, coming out of New York, that you limit your orgies to video conferencing over, over the Internet, whether that be Skype or Zoom or whatever. Um, and do so as a group video call, watching each other masturbate for each other, right? So think about that. They want you to do a video call to masturbate for each other, but if you're going to have physical contact, it needs to be through a glory hole. This this is the 2020. I mean, stories like this make my day. You know, it, it provides a much needed level of levity, humor, and an otherwise, well, unreal time, right? And so I hope uh, you go through and you take a look at, you know, it all as well. You know, research, you know, New York recommends glory holes and also see how they recommend masturbating on video chats for each other, uh, to each other. You go through and you take a look at this and then realize that this is an official government agency putting out these recommendations and guidelines. And then ask yourself, before 2020, would you have ever thought this would be part of the political public discourse? All right, all right. That's it uh, for this particular episode. I hope you enjoyed it. 
I hope you got quite a bit of laughs. You know, provide me some feedback. Let me know what you think. And let me know what you would like to see more of uh, with this show. Whether you want me to reach out and get uh, interviews and guests going on. I think I have somebody uh, that I would like to interview. I'm doing a little more research on them uh, and their background to get kind of the, well, make sure I don't bring on somebody that has uh, questionable backgrounds uh, that could get into any type of trouble. And, well, in 2020, you know, it's kind of hard to find people that that won't be a, that w- won't be considered offensive to someone. All right. All right. So in any event, uh, thank you so much uh, for listening. And I will be back again soon.